Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from April 11th, 2021. I tried to I tried to do a different greeting last time and it didn't it didn't work. I from the other room could hear you doing your standard greeting, so I don't know <laughs> how different it turned out. Greetings podcast listeners. That was different. Thank you. I am your host, Jay Williams. Joining me is Robbie Helene. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I did the second half of it. I want to welcome people. Welcoming is good. I want them to feel like we are excited that they are here with us. We are. Okay, let's jump in, man. Okay. I'm jumping in because I received a criticism a critique in between services. Huh. And I wanted to throw it out to you. That's that's sort of unhelpful timing. It is it, yeah, it's not it's not ideal timing for for you know, PSA for future reference for people. Yeah, in between services is a uh not a best not the best time to say you were way off on this point. <laughs> now, if it was heretical, by all means, I hope someone yes, jumps please. in front of me and like, you know, tackles me off the stage. Or if it's like, hey, you gave this general illustration, but that's literally Gary's situation. And he's gonna be second service and he's not gonna feel like that's is that an appropriate time? Like if if to say like, hey, you thought that that was general, but that's not general. Should I should I stop you then? Probably. Yes. I've had somebody do that to me before where I gave a very vague illustration and in between they're like, oh, that's my cousin. (laughs) And I said, are you, I thought at first that they were saying, oh, that sounds like my cousin. But then they followed it up with, yeah, they work at such and such place. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Wait, was it vague in that like it was an actual situation, but you gave no specific details? Or did you think you were being totally generic making something up but it happened no, 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 to be no no sorry oh, okay, sorry gotcha. it was vague in that it was an actual situation but i used no details <laughs> no descriptive That's i did kind of amazing discernment on the part of right that individual it terrible that was my welcome to small town living moment okay where i thought i can't use illustrations for what happened this week because so yeah though that so that is a good example that's then, a good example like, i was okay, glad they said that to me sure okay i didn't use it again because i thought wow the last thing I want is for that person for it to get back to them like oh our pastor was using you in a sermon illustration when it was the most generic (laughs) like so now I have to just uh, pretend like it's made up even if it's not and then I have to be generic on top of it I don't know it's it's a whole thing but anyway that's not the point point is in between services somebody came up to me and I don't want to I don't want to mention their name but uh Let's call them Christopher Dogback. That's their name. Christopher Dogback. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and this Christopher Dogback um, said to me, hey, the <laughs> that uh, Star Wars illustration you used was way off. Now, Robbie, I ask you, did you listen to first service? I w- w- did not hear first service. No. Oh, this is awkward. Okay. 
So in first service, I, I I mentioned that we were talking about light, how God is light, right? And in Him there is no darkness at all. Oh, I did hear you. I did hear you say Darth Vader at some point. Yeah, I said, said it's okay. not like Darth Vader, okay. where you just make this conscious decision, like I'm going to the dark side. That it's. I was trying to make the point that we mm. we don't think it's dark. We 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 call darkness light. That's the warning in Isaiah, and so therefore. That's what makes it so insidious is that we think that we are in the light, but we're actually in darkness. And John's hmm. saying, if you're walking in the darkness, you're not you're not in the light. And so I used that illustration of Darth Vader. It's not like it's not as it's not like that where you say, like, I'm going to the dark side. Now, do you know what his criticism was? I would assume his criticism is that that is not a fair representation of how he turned to the dark side. Yes, you'd be right. To which I responded, okay, nerd, nobody else knows that. Everybody, <laughs> that's not what that's not <laughs> right. It's a, it's a, a hostile work environment. It's around hostile. Here. That's in between services um, in front of everybody. Quiet right. nerd. Right. <laughs> but I, I said, I said, look, for ninety percent of the people, they would, they, they understood what I was saying. It's the few select people, and I just thought I would throw that out to you because you are both a person who understands that the point of a sermon illustration is that people would get the point, not that it's you know a hundred percent accurate in its. You know, like it's not when I think about Jesus talking about the parable of the sower and the seeds, I don't think you have somebody looking there going, well, technically in rocky soil, not all rocky soils like that. And like, <laughs> that's going to be this guy, Christopher. Okay. He's going to be that guy. He's going to go, well, technically rocky soil. You know, <laughs> if you if you dig out those rocks, you can get it to last, you know, longer or whatever. And, you know. So you said I am I am both somebody who understands an illustration, and, and I'm assuming, and also a nerd, and a nerd. Okay, yeah. Who 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 also likes like a precise language? So correct, and and sci-fi and good narrative, and correct. good narrative being represented accurately. And look, I don't want to be graphic here. Hopefully, this won't get an explicit rating. But I I pushed back on this person. I pushed back and said, I'm pretty sure that when he slaughtered all the Jedi children, that's kind of a crossroads moment. Right, but that that came after the but initial he, decision. It's actually an excellent illustration of somebody making a decision for what they believe to be uh, more important and being willing to, as a result, then utterly submit to darkness as a result of that. But it wasn't because he chose, I choose darkness. It was, I choose this person, even though it will cost me, it'll, I will then end up falling into all of the collateral damage as a result. Okay, nerd. Well, but, you asked. <laughs> but, but here's the other thing I would say. Darth Vader knew he was on the dark side. And ultimately, yes, after the fact, he, he absolutely after the fact, right? knew. So yeah, after the fact, he knew. So I probably could have gone with like Luke Skywalker. It's not like Darth Vader. Invite. In fact, second service, I think I shifted it a little bit because I was like, well, I don't need, I don't need that headache. Uh, but I, 
I don't need all the Star Wars people to come after me. But the idea that he was that Luke Skywalker was being invited to the dark side, like yeah. come over to the dark side. Um, so it's not like Darth Vader later was saying, ooh, later Darth Vader. Later Vader. Later Vader was saying, well, no, this is still the light side. I, I reject the premise. That no, no, no. Yeah, side. no. You, yeah, the it eventually there you're fully embracing like there's a self-awareness that comes right. um and and you fully understand what side you are on um and my point is now in our culture nobody nobody thinks that they're the bad guy like in any given situation or circumstance like yeah. everybody has a reason why they are the just one you know even yeah and even fascists in human history believed that they were on the side of good they were you know, it, right. as they defined it, yep. this is this is what is best. The problem is you're you're how you're defining what is good, what is best for everyone else, and who should be the one uh, putting that into action. Like that, that's actually what determines it. But you're right. Nobody wakes up in the morning going, "I am a megalomaniacal monster, and I'm going to make horrible and destructive decisions that are bad for everyone." Like that's not that's, that's not how you end up there. Not, not most of us know. So so sun, Sunday was a, a, just a banner day for me using illustrations that I know nothing about. <laughs> I, I actually got some feedback that people enjoy when you use those illustrations. Yeah, because they like laughing at me. They like, they like laughing at you. Uh, they also appreciate the, like you're, you're, it's helpful. Uh, it was expressed to me that it's helpful that you come at it not from, you know, here is as an expert in this thing, that not everybody understands, but as a, like everyone can relate to this thing generally, but coming at it from kind of a novice perspective, they felt like that actually helped them to participate in something. Like, so that makes the illustration not only relevant to Star Wars fans or fishermen, but I also as a novice can understand as much of it as you do and therefore found it helpful. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's often. I don't know why I've I've never been able to articulate that, but I tend to go for illustrations that I don't understand a lot. But usually, it's in a self-deprecating way. But I think also because I feel like, well, if I can understand this about fishing, then everybody mm. everybody can understand this about yeah. fishing, and which is why when I threw out uh, the geometry proof illustration, you were like, meh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You're hitting about five people out here. <laughs> right. Maybe don't maybe don't do that one. <laughs> Which is true. Like I think I have found that you that if I if I use an illustration about something that I know a lot about, I have to be very careful in how I communicate it. Otherwise right. I run the risk of alienating. Because not everyone's out there going, ooh, math theorems. Yes. <laughs> I remember being shocked. I like <laughs> so people don't those. realize like that was really an illustration I bounced off of you of like oh I'm so excited about this because it's like this math theorem and you're just looking at me and I remember thinking what that's an amazing illustration and then <laughs> it clicking based on the look on your face oh you're right there's only like five people yeah, out all there. four of you will delight right. in that illustration the yeah. rest of us will be going huh yep so. So touche. So anyway, that was the big criticism that I got. And I apologize to all I apologize to all Star Wars fans, to all gardeners, <laughs> to all fishermen, and 
to all Packers fans that I just butchered like all of your illustrations, but it accomplished, I think what I think so. I think it accomplished what it intended. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, we kicked off this series in First John. So Robbie, what as you were sitting there, anything that you uh, you disagreed with or got angry about or <laughs> such anticipated? A, that's such a great question. <laughs> anticipated <laughs> negative responses. Oh gosh. Nor- normally, you you couch that as like, so was there something that you found encouraging or yep. upsetting? You just went straight for. So what what was wrong or made you angry? Set the tone. I, I, th- I thought it was a great a great start. Um, the, the conversations that followed were were fruitful. Felt like it was timely. A lot of people that I talked to felt like that was really timely. Um, so I thought I thought that was great. One, one of the things that I was thinking about um, is I'm always I'm always walking away with the like so now what? So so how do I actually if I wanted if I want to do this thing, how do I do this thing? Um, I, I think, and maybe you can push back on me on this. I think when, whenever you're actively listening to a sermon, you either consciously, if you're, if you're a super nerd like me and you aren't just thinking about things, but you're thinking about how you're thinking about those things, um, you might walk through this kind of this path consciously. Did you just say not thinking, you're thinking about how you're thinking about it? That's correct. That is next level. Okay. Um, why am I thinking about this thing the way that I'm thinking about this mm-hmm. thing? Um, so I, you know, I walk through this. Okay, I'm listening to this. Do I and and I ask myself these questions like, do I understand what what the person is communicating? Uh, if yes, do I care at all about what this person is communicating? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if it's scripture, I just skip right over the do I believe it or not because it's the word of God. So I assume that the belief piece is there at least the intellectual belief piece so i skip right to do i care, like do i actually care about this thing if you say if i am doing this thing it's going to prevent me from abiding in christ do i care that something is preventing me from abiding in christ because if i don't then i'm not going to do anything about it anyway if i do then i'm going to go to well then what do i need to like what's the problem what is that thing yeah what do i need to do about it um, and, and ultimately to how do I do, if I want to do something about this thing, how do I do that? Um, so as I was listening on Sunday and, and I thought, I thought you did, I thought you're really is the illustrations, which, which nailed, which brought it home. Um, like the star Wars one, but the particularly the star Wars one, the, but this idea of making, making something that is not the main thing, the main thing. And, and as a result accepting defending even walking in darkness that i have to excuse or justify because well it it can't be darkness because i've because of this thing that i've made the main thing because of this thing that i've called the light that is actually just a reflection of it um and so I, i i hear that i i understood that i I care about that deeply because I care about having inconsistency in my life and, and what I'm thinking. I, uh, I, I want to abide in Christ and not in just his gifts and the things that reflect him. So then I come back to, so, so how do I discern what those things are in order to do something about it? Because 
if I knew what they were, ostensibly I would not be doing them. If I, if I knew objectively this thing is darkness and evil, then I would, I would want to be, I would try to do something about that. The problem is I have convinced myself it can't be wrong because I've attached it to this understanding of light that I've created. Am I making sense at all so far? Yes. Um, so how, what do I do? How do I gain discernment in those things where right now I go, I, I, I want to fix it. I want to see where that is, but how do I do that? How do I take the next step in, in saying, um, you know, I need help in discerning what are these things that I am seeing, I'm viewing as light that are actually darkness. So this is where, sorry, I was taking time to think about how I was thinking about how I was thinking about it. Yeah, baby. I went next level. You're one more level than you. <laughs> um, I was the, the <laughs> that got you, huh? Almost, you almost got a spit take out I of did, that one. Yes. Well done. Um, point. Uh, so the the idea of first of all. It has been pointed out to me so many times that I am terrible at the application or the practical application of things. Um, I don't know why that is. I think I'm giving practical application, and um, but it's a consistent piece of feedback. Like, well, but how do I do this? And I'm like, gosh, I thought I, I thought I said that, but I realize that it's it's different. It's um, and, and I think part of the reason. Sometimes it's that we don't like what the practical application is. Certainly, absolutely. So there's, there's, there are definitely times where, and I do this too, where I hear practical application and I'm like, yeah, I don't like that one. Give me another one. And right. so then my feedback will be, I want more practical application, but really it's like, no, I just don't want to do that one. Um, and then, and then other times I think it's that, I think we sometimes overcomplicate things. So I've, so the way I've consistently tried to communicate this of, of discerning this, because this isn't the first time that we've talked about this no. in different contexts, but the one that I keep coming back to that I think is oversimplified maybe, but it's simplified enough and obvious enough that I feel like it's, it's, it's safe and helpful mm -hmm. is just simply like, would Jesus, do you see anything in the gospels that would say Jesus would, say this would say it in this way would defend this would stand for this would participate in this like i find that for me practically putting jesus in that situation whether it's in how i speak to my children or like there have been times where i've been very frustrated with one of my kids and i am lecturing them and I feel 100% satisfied that I am in the right and I am doing the Lord's work in my lecturing of them. And by the grace of God, I will pause and I will picture Jesus addressing the same thing and feel completely convicted in the moment. Hmm. Like do a complete 180 and realize, wow. And what amazes me about that is how sure I was like I, I, there have been times where I've snapped at my kids or I've lost my temper in a situation where as I'm doing it, I know this is, this is not of God. Like you need to, you need to stop. Like this is not, this is not Christ-like 
behavior. But what shocks me more is is how many times I I don't see that. I think that this is what I'm supposed to do, and then I picture Jesus in that scenario and think he would never in a million years say that. So what if what if the problem is a misunderstanding of who Jesus is? Well, then you, I mean, because... you, just, keep, you just keep drilling. Well, then then I don't know other than just read the Gospels again yeah. and again and again. And this is where the fellowship piece comes in. And this is why this is why we need to be so the other practical thing I tried to give was have fellowship in in Christ. So intentionally seek like have those conversations with people who are professing Jesus Christ as Lord and submitted to scripture and who land in a different place in some cultural or political or ideological arena yeah. and listen to them and listen to their. And so maybe this would have been a, a helpful secondary step. I tried to do it when I said, when I said, um, like, let them tell you, this is how the light of God is reflecting off of this moon. I was using the sun and the moon illustration a lot and saying like, okay, so you're, you, you, um, I mean, let's take, let's take something that I think we could, that would just be a safer thing of like caring, caring for the poor. So if we think about caring for the poor, there is an argument to be made that we need more government help in certain areas. And there's an argument to be made that government help has enabled and created more of an issue. And you can have those different views, but when you are talking to someone who is Christ-centered in their thinking about it, then you can say, well, let me tell you how God has used, how I've seen God use this government program and how the light of God is reflecting off of this. And so that's why I think we need more of this because I've seen how it is positively impacted and helped people yeah. who ha- who are struggling. And then you can have that conversation with somebody else who can say, well, this is the darkness I see in that. I see this thing happening and this is how I've experienced it. And, and I've seen God's light reflect off of not having that where the church came around and supported this person or we work together as a community to find this person a job or whatever the case is. I, it's just being able to have those conversations, but the key is to not have the conversation around why this thing is good or bad, Hmm. but to have the conversation around where do you see the glory of Christ reflecting off of this? That's what it means for it to be Christocentric. Like we want to be Christ centered and that's where the fellowship is around. So it's not just give me your perspective and why do you think this thing that I think is bad, you think it's good, so you try to convince me that that thing is good. It's it's how how is this honoring to Christ? What part of this is where there is light? And then and then have conversations about and where is there darkness on it? Where is the dark side of that moon? And how do we make sure that we are calling out what is good from what we see around us and also cautioning against what is what is evil. And I, I don't know any other way to do that other than to other than to have real fellowship with other centered around Christ and not centered around these issues. And what people will tend to do then is, oh yeah, no, I'm centered around the Christian subset of this worldview. And I didn't get a chance to go into that. Yeah. 
But that's another version of that. So you could look around and say, okay, I know that not everybody who holds this view is God honoring. So I start with people who hold this view, this interpretation of the Second Amendment. I start there. And then a subset of that are Christians. And so that's who I have my fellowship with. I have my fellowship, but but what I'm really doing is my fellowship is actually around this political ideology. I just narrowed it down to the Christians under that political ideology. But in that scenario, our bond around Christ is the second tier of our fellowship. Yeah. The first yeah. tier is the political ideology. I think that's probably the most common thing that we struggle with, is we first find people who agree with us on all these things and then we hang out with the Christians that are in that yes worldview and you're you're saying political ideology yep. but I might correct that and just say cultural ideology yep. it's Could not because it's not always well, I was giving as an example yeah um, but uh, yeah but to just broaden that and yes. not not let someone either dismiss that as you know oh he's talking about politics I'm not interested in that but Sorry. to say it's it's just and whatever that that cultural ideology that I that I apply, I I think that's really crucial to to acknowledge, like where where in that list of um, like is is my faith actually the priority? Right, right. I almost said something that is not actually helpful to say. You know, on the list of priorities, the definition of priority is it's one thing. Like you can't have a list of things that are first. Um, like, but what is that one thing? What is that thing that is that that supersedes that transcends all those other differences and when it is it's actually fairly easy to see that pretty quickly if you actually do a little self-analysis to go well i'll divide over this 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 and this and and oftentimes like faith is very low on the list or not even on it right it's all these other other jesus is not actually on that list um it's it's this ideology this understanding this cultural preference this family preference like all of those things um that come first and then as you said then i try to seek out the christians who agree with me on that more ultimately what it means is the more important issue right right? because that that is the most important thing to me and then and then i try to narrow that down and go well where where can i find a faith community that fits within that Yes, and that's the thing. So then when you start looking for a church or looking for fellowship that has these same draws these same conclusions or has these same the same cultural ideology, then you're you're making a statement that the cultural ideology is the more important thing. It's similar to when you know, I've had people when they're church hunting and they're like, "Yeah, I kind of like that church, but I didn't really love the music." Well, then you're saying something about what is the most important thing. Right. And if it's graphics and programs and music style, well, then that's that's what you're looking for. That's the primary thing. And then you're then you want to find you hope to find Christians in that. And you know, I've always given the counsel, especially it happens a lot of times with college students who have had a positive when they have a positive church experience as high schoolers, they go away to college and they really struggle finding a church because they're looking for something that looks exactly mm-hmm. like what they came from. Yeah. My counsel to them is always find people who are pursuing Jesus in a way that inspires you to want to pursue Jesus yeah. and latch on to them. Yeah. And then don't worry about the music. 
don't worry about how long the sermon is. Don't worry about how well communicated it is. Don't worry about the programs they have. Like you just don't worry about those things because the primary thing is you're finding people who are pursuing Jesus and fellowshipping with them. And then under that, yeah, you're going to you're going to connect with some people more easily and more readily and you know, you might enjoy going fishing with this person and you're going camping cuz you like going outdoors and other people don't and like there's nothing wrong with enjoying God's gifts in their proper way with others. I I think it might be important to acknowledge how foreign what you just said might feel to some listeners. That idea of I choose a church based on finding people who are pursuing Jesus in an inspiring way that makes me want to pursue Jesus more. Like you didn't say anything about teaching style or availability of groups or the kind of music or any of the things that are the actual things that we look at when we're exploring a church. It's like that, that feels like a paradigm shift. Okay. So then I, yeah, I can totally understand that. I can see that. I think, I think one of the reasons why it's hard is because it's harder. It's the same reason why we create idols. It's, it's harder to measure the true thing. Yeah. It's harder to evaluate quickly the real thing. It's much easier to have a scale and to have check boxes. So you go to a church and you say like, did I like the music? Did I like the preaching? Does it look like there's ways for me to get involved? Like those are the things that are measurable and easy and quick. And, and so, and we understand that. Like our goal as a church is not to have the worst music we can have and the worst preaching and the worst communication. Like we want to do those things well. But the reality is that a ministry is either churning out disciples and, and, is creating a, a kingdom-minded culture, or it's not. And I've been in churches that have awesome music and awesome preaching and very much not a kingdom culture. Like, it's just not producing that for whatever reason. And I've been in ones that have awesome music, awesome preaching, and are doing that. Yeah. And then vice versa. I've been in churches where the music is terrible and the preaching's terrible and, and there aren't disciples being made. And I've been in churches um, where you know, the preaching frankly is kind of boring and the music is like clearly don't have a lot of great musicians, but man, people love Jesus and it just exudes from them. And, and that's why I, I think, and so I guess one question, so since maybe you can help because you're like, how do you, how you, how do you determine that? Like, even if somebody says, yeah, I want to do that. And so, so understand that we're not just talking about choosing a church. We're just talking about who am I, who am I really sharing my fellowship with where I belong to them and they belong to me. And I, I trust them to speak into things and I, I trust to be able to speak into their lives. How do I make sure, like, how do I figure that out? Because it can't just be that someone says like, Oh yeah, I know I'm a Christian. And that's part of this issue is when people just say like, well, I'm a Christian, but then demonstrate that no, they're first and foremost submitted to this worldview. And then they just, Christianity is like the second tier of their identity. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes like a Christian flavored version of this worldview. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the same thing as being 
Christ-centered and submitted to Christ, and then how that plays out because of my life, my personality, my experiences, my the culture I live in, I I end up over here in this worldview. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like now, I feel like I'm rambling around in circles, but I just don't know. I don't know how to practically tell somebody this is how you this is how you make sure that you are fellowshipping with others who are submitted to Christ first. Hmm. I mean, coming full circle back to my my first question, I I can't help but think. I mean, the first the first response is, do I actually understand what you just said? Like, do I understand <laughs> that there is a difference between somebody who says I'm a Christian and holds holds to certain doctrines or principles and somebody who is actively pursuing Jesus, abiding in him and, and growing in him. So like, do I even understand that there's a difference there between, you know, nominal or cultural Christianity and, and being a disciple of Jesus and following Jesus? And if I do, if I do understand that, do I care? Do I care that there's a difference? Do I actually want to be that person that is, that is following Jesus? Or do I just want to be a part of a church that does the stuff that I like? Because the reality is, like, I've gone through seasons where that has been the temptation. And, and certainly, with as many years as we've been involved in ministry, we've met plenty of people for whom there is no desire to abide in Christ. Like, I just, I, I really, what I really truly want is just to hang out with some people who are mostly like me, who make me feel comfortable, and hear a message that makes me feel a little encouraged and some music that I don't think is the worst. Like, that's really, that is my, where my expectation is. And, and so I, first step is like, is that who I am? Is that, is that actually really what my desire is? I just want to be left alone and have some things that I enjoy and be comfortable. And if it, if it is, then, then I need to deal with that. I need to decide, is that okay? Is that okay that, that, that is my response to Christ's crucifixion and, and, and the reality of who God is and, and what he has opened to us. If I am someone who says like, yes, that is, de- I, that is what I want. I want to pursue Christ. I want to abide in him. I want to, to grow in that. Then, then that requires effort to do what you're suggesting. Like uh, it, it first takes the, the effort of being willing to say, maybe I have some growing to do. Maybe I don't know all the things and maybe some of my opinions that I've arrived at are incorrect or some of the things that have been taught to me are incorrect. So it requires the humility to say, I need, I need some help. I I need to get around some people who know and love Jesus differently than I do so that I can have a more full picture of Jesus and I can see what, what I've been missing. I don't know. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I think that's, I think that's good. I was just, I didn't know if you were giving a pause or if that was like Elphine. That um, that's really it is it is difficult to discern, and I don't I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like okay. Well, if you if you really cared about this, you would have this fellowship. Like it's hard to it can be hard to discern, but I think it does. It also comes full circle back to the idea of then when like if you have a conversation with somebody and you're asking them help me understand this point of view i know you see this this way and i yeah. 
you are a Christian, you're professing Christian. Help me understand it. Like, where do you see the light of God reflecting off of this? If their response is unchristlike, well, then that would probably be like if it's if it's defensive and centered around this thing rather than around Christ and the character and the nature of who God is. Because again, this is what's so critical about this idea in First John is that God is light. He He alone is light. He is the He is everything that is light comes from Him, and I think understanding that if I'm going to talk about my view um, on, I don't know, like on education, like I have kids that, you know, we've gone back and forth with homeschooling and, and public school and, and all these different things. If, if I, if I ask somebody, Hey, you know, tell me why you, why this has played out in your life that you are homeschooling your children. And their response is, because I don't want my kids to be infected by all the bad people. Well, that would be an example of where you'd say, oh, that's, that isn't, that isn't something Jesus would ever say. Yeah. Like, he would never talk to his disciples that way and say, hey, we're just going to go hang out here until they murder me because I don't want you guys, like I finally got you separated from them. I finally got you away from all those sinful people. And now I'm just going to teach you over here you know, away from all them. Like that's, that's not Christ honoring at all. Um, and so, and, and same way goes for like, if, if you had somebody who says, no, I, I think my, I, I think our kids should be in the public school system and, you know, they could have a conversation about that or like in a way that is um, treating the public school system as if it's light. Like they, well, mm. they're going to tell us all the things we know. And I just, I just trust, like, I don't know. I don't know anything about any of this stuff. And so I'm just going to let the teachers do their job and let them like, that would be a way that you'd say, oh gosh, no, that there's darkness in that because you are responsible as the parent for this child. You're responsible. They are, you are, they've been stewarded to you. And so, you know, you're, this is something you should be doing with intentionality. Um, and I think I, I, so I, I just think that like listening, like, are, is this something that are they talking about Jesus as the reason why they see glory in this and pointing to his nature, his character, his teachings, his, um, what he called his disciples to do and what, what we are called to do. Like, is that what this is about hmm. or is it about why this thing is, um, is the better thing? Does that, I mean, I just feel like I'm so close around it, and I still feel like every time I get close, <laughs> I confuse somebody a little bit more. And I and my mind goes to like, well, I want to give concrete, specific examples, and every time I think of one, I think, well, that's gonna that's gonna distract from it, and somebody's gonna get upset yeah, yeah, about yeah. that particular example. Well, I think what, what what part of what makes it difficult is there is so much nuance, right? This this isn't we want it to be very binary. We want it to be very right. no, there is right, there is wrong, therefore. If it is, if you are one degree off from what I have, my interpretation of right, then you are by definition wrong, and and not understanding that there, like while while that is true in a few <laughs> eternal aspects and truth, like in in all the ways that that is true in Scripture, like I'm still viewing that through my through my 
my own perception, right? And so I need help in that. My interpretation of that scripture is never as objective as that scripture itself is. And so I need to bounce my idea off of you. And when you go, oh, when I read that scripture, this is what I see in that. And that helps me have a more rounded understanding of, okay, so so what you said is is accurate and what I'm seeing is also accurate. And so together I can I can, you know, tweak and adjust my understanding of that based on that that more full representation of it. But it's it's difficult to come up with a specific example because it is so like like you said, I, I, I could throw out an example, but then it can be quickly dismissed. Um, right. Or or I just if I can't relate to it, then it doesn't help me at all. Um, which is why we need this kind of relationship. I need to be close enough with someone that I can in the moment say, this is what I'm struggling with, with right now. Can you help me in this thing right now? Because, because I need, I need other perspectives, um, to, to help me see the whole truth and not just my one little piece of it. Because that it's just so dangerous for me to assume my one little piece is the whole truth. Because then yes. anything that does not perfectly align with my one little piece, I view as false or wrong or evil. And, and then I end up, like, then the problem is not just that I call darkness light, but I call light darkness. Because, mm-hmm. because that reflection of the light over there does not fit with my definition of the light, and therefore I end up attributing the works of God to Satan, which Jesus yep. says ends really badly. Well, and what you're, yes, that idea, and, and that's where, when I went in that Isaiah 5 passage of woe, mm-hmm. woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Like if there's anything that is a clear all throughout Scripture that is a danger, it is when I am convinced that I am the most discerning person yeah. on the planet and that I can tell the difference. And I know that even as I was preaching it, I was very mindful that there are people who are thinking, well, no, but I can tell the difference. I, I, I am wise enough and discerning enough that I can see when this is light and when this is yeah. dark. But that's why we need one another because, because we aren't. That is foolish. And then what happens is, that's that kind of individualism and that individualistic experience or um, just that that cultural phenomenon that we are in that we so highly value the individual yeah and then but we have a group version of that and that's where the whole group think if I only am fellowshipping with people who think exactly the way I do well that's not actually community that's right. that's just it's like clones yeah. and I tend to, project things onto other people that they, they may not even hold because I see them as part of me. I see them as they think they think the way I think. So I might actually be shocked to know they don't agree with me on everything, but I, it's basically like I just had this version of like all these mini-me's. So I'm basically surrounded by clones of me and calling that community or diversity. But it's like, no, that's, that's not. Um, we need to, you should disagree so I guess maybe that would be a practical thing if you're wondering, do I have this? Well, do you ever disagree on anything? Yeah. Do you ever see things differently? If you don't, that's not a good sign. Um, and I do want to use it like, let me, let me just, and I know we're running out of time, but um, 
let me use that concretely. So let me just give you, this is a personal testimony, personal example from me in, in the whole educational philosophy. That's not typically a really, I mean, it can be, it has been at different times, a hot button issue. There have been churches that have divided over the issue of should we homeschool or should we send them to the public school? And I've talked with a lot of parents, especially right now, this question of what, like, should I be doing this? Should I not? Um, and concern, you know, what's going on in, in the world and in the schools and everything. So a way of talking about, like if someone says, well, if you're talking to someone who homeschools, a way of talking about that in a way that's reflecting the light, that's that's rejoicing in, in who God is and who he's created us to be, is when somebody says something like, you know, I, I've at different times when we've homeschooled and we've chosen to homeschool our kids, we've thought about it in terms of, you know, these children, they're, they're gifts from God. We are stewards and our job is to disciple them and invest in them um, and to prepare them to go into the world and to love God and love others. And so we believe that at this stage in their life, this is the best this is the best choice for us to make. Like we believe that this is a time that we can fully invest in them and disciple them and prepare them so that we can send them out to, to love God and love others. Yeah. Like that's, that's a, good. that's, that's a beautiful way to talk about homeschooling, which is very different than saying, I don't want those evil people to infect my children. Cause then you're under, you're, you're, you're not understanding that your children <laughs> are also evil. Like there's right. like the evil flows from within. So it's not about that. And that and, there's also, some devout followers of Jesus faithfully serving in the public school system. Correct. And so then I was just going to say like, so then, but then when we have, we've also put our kids in public school and when we have done that and thought, thought through that, we've thought, okay, part of preparing our kids is we want them to be around other people that have different views and, and, and we want to prepare them to do that. And so we want them to be lights and we want them to be salt and light in, in the world. And we've seen them, we want them to go and be and and to share and to be able to tell people and declare and demonstrate the good news of Jesus. And we want them to partner with other Christians who are in the school system and with other teachers and to be able to to minister there. And we understand that there are that like I am responsible, I'm accountable, and so I'm going to process my kids' school day. Like when they come home, I'm going to talk to them about what what was it like, what were your interactions, um, and. I'm going to want to encourage them in that way and take that responsibility with them. Um, that's that's a Christ-honoring way, I think, of talking about putting your kids in public school. No, I think I think that's good. I, I we we could easily talk for the rest of the morning about yes. this because there are, it it is so nuanced. There is so much to it, and and really, if I if I could leave anyone with any encouragement, I would urge you, it is worth considering these things because the alternative is just keep plugging along, doing whatever it is that I'm doing. And, and if, if we are in fact unintentionally calling darkness light and calling light darkness, that, that is, that's bad for our souls. It's bad for our families. It's bad for our church. It's bad for our communities. Um, it is, it is bad for the kingdom. Like, so it is, it is worth taking the time to say, how, how do I arrive at this conclusion? What What is the most important thing to me in these things? Because as you said earlier, like it's not, it's difficult to know sometimes. And sometimes I'm surprised by, man, if I'm really honest with myself, this thing that I say I really want, I don't actually want it. I really want this other thing more because mm-hmm. 
Otherwise, I wouldn't keep choosing the other thing. Like so, it's it is worth taking the time to ask both ask yourself the hard questions and to sit down with somebody who loves Jesus and loves you and and say, hey, what what do you see in my life? If you're looking at me, what what would what would you say is the priority to my life and and the things that the hills I'm willing to die on, the things that are clearly most important to me, and and be willing to to um, to walk in that process, and and as you said, in particular with people who you're pretty sure don't agree with everything that you think, but you're also pretty sure love Jesus. Like those are sometimes the best people to to have those conversations with. And by the way, that's not just around cultural worldviews or political ideologies or hobbies or anything like that. One of the simplest ways that that happens is through um, age. You just, it's when you bond with people from a different generation yeah around jesus because just by definition somebody who is 80 has lived a completely different life than someone who is 20 yeah and so when you rather than thinking like what do we have in common you have the most important thing in common and it's amazing how often hearing about how somebody handled some issue back in the 40s yeah how that applies so much today you it actually can be so helpful because it removes like so you can have a conversation with someone who's 80 years old who's been following Jesus for 70 years and they may not have any clue about whether you should be on Snapchat or not yeah yeah and so now the conversation is not about social media it's not about Snapchat it's about it could be about like connection and it could be about like temptations it could be about attention and and getting rid of distraction and like it could be about all these things and and they could have you know wealth of wisdom around how over their lives they've handled distractions from the world and and focused their attention on god um you know that so that's another one where yeah it's it can be harder because we don't have all those surface things in 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 common those quick go-to's but the deeper thing is better. And to your point, the question is just, do you do you want that? Or would you rather just have somebody that you can talk to about surface things and you can kind of give a head nod to Jesus? Or you do want to talk to people about Jesus and and see it from these, these different angles. And I think people should know, by the way, just to kind of finish this up and then I'll let you wrap this up. But, but we do this, right? I mean, it's yeah. not a week goes by that, you know, that you and I don't end up sending one another an article or talking to each other and be like, Hey, I read this and this is what it's, this is what it's doing in my heart. Or this is why I think when I read this, I think this, like, do you, do you have a different way of looking at this? Like, is there a, is there something I'm missing? Is there something, yeah. um, you know, and, and that's not always foolproof, but it's, it's that step, you know, that, that, if I'm seeing this and I see this as like, this is just dark or, um, and then I, I might ask you to look at it and say like, what, what does this elicit in you? And, um, like sometimes we're able to give each other a perspective that we didn't have. And, um, and I think I find that to be really helpful, but I just, I just want to communicate that, that we are also doing this and you and I both then have friendships outside of this area That's right. that will push us in those different ways. People that we know and trust who love Jesus and are submitted to God's word. But I know that they consistently are seeing this from a different angle. 
And right. Which is what makes our conversations in that regard so fruitful because right. we come from very different church backgrounds, we different families, different we have a lot of differing opinions and so it is it's particularly helpful to say okay well if you coming at it from your angle arrive at the same place there's a good chance that that's that's a supportable position um versus just the echo chamber of you know well i'm going to run this by jay even though i know we pretty much agree on everything right. um just to just to have kind of a false sense of affirmation um and and yeah and and having having those people in your life that i know I know if I say something bonkers, they're going to call me on the bonkers. If if I say something Christless or selfish or or that is clearly culturally driven and not biblically driven, they're they're going to call me on that and and allow me the like love me enough to allow me to to process that a little more and and arrive at a more biblical conclusion. And maybe more importantly than that, in a biblical way, like yeah. a, the heart behind yeah. it. So there's definitely been times where. And I'm I'm paraphrasing and oversimplifying it, but there have been times where I'll share something with you and say, like, man, I just need to know I'm thinking about this properly. Where, where essentially the response is, I do agree with the conclusion, but be be guarded in your heart because yeah. there's something there. Like there's like a, a bitterness or a resentment or a frustration, and so yeah, I think you're right in the conclusion of this, but but be, be careful and be mindful. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be with people. That's another sign that somebody is, that your fellowship is in Christ is when they care more about your heart than about your conclusions on things. And like heart and motivation and desires, that's that's what should keep coming up. And and then those conclusions and those endpoints and whatever, that those are those are the playing out of that. And so encouraging one another in that and finding people who will, who will care about that, who will call you out, even if they agree with what you said, they'll say, yeah, but that, that lacked compassion. I'm mm-hmm. concerned about that. Yeah. So there you go. That's good. See, I told you we could keep talking all morning. We could, but we won't. I'm going to, I'm going to pump the brakes here so that we don't keep on going, pump. but we are. And another thing. Grateful for. You know what that reminds me of. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep plowing ne- right next through. Next week we're gonna I'm gonna maybe bring on the maybe that Christopher dog back. Oh, he's still he's still around. Oh yeah, he's your around. response to it's a great guy. Just your public you know, rebuke very, of his sci-fi correction. Well, he's <laughs> he knows his Star Wars. What can I say? <laughs> he does. So as I was saying, thank you so much for listening. We're we're uh, we're we're grateful. We're grateful to have this opportunity to to be able to share with you guys. We hope that it is a blessing to you. Um, please let us know uh, if it is and, and if it stirs any questions or if we can continue to help you in any way, don't hesitate. Uh, you can email us at connect at faithpeshtigo.com and it'll make its way to one of us. Um, otherwise, we will see you on Sunday and uh, we, you will hear us again soon. Grace and peace to you. Hey, that reminds me of this. Nope. Oh.